Welcome to the Mark Cameron Show. We find out why people do what they do, how they do it, and what the future of their work is. My guest today is Katie Sorry. Katie is a wife, mum of four, and abstract artist. I was inspired by the way that she draws together business, family life, and art. You can check her out at katiesorryart.com and on Instagram at katiesorryart. Pull up a picture as you listen to this. We're in. Love it. So, Kate, we're here in Port Bello, Edinburgh, in two very lovely comfy Urkel chairs. Yeah. In your house by the street, and it's uh, it's a beautiful day. What What is your normal day-to-day life like in this place? Oh, very busy, very loud, very messy. Got four children, um, and we live by the sea, so there's lots of sand, there's lots of snacks, there's lots of meals to make, uh, but loads of fun, uh, loads of conversation, you know, school runs, clubs, things like that, coming and going lots. (laughs) So it's a full life. It is a full life, definitely. And how did you end up here in Portobello? Well, um, we were living in New Zealand, and a friend of ours got in touch and said, there's a job in Portobello, uh, sorry, in Edinburgh. I really want it, but I'm not going to go for it. I think Paul should. Um, so Paul looked into it and just sort of one step after the other, we sort of thought, no, we're not, we live in New Zealand. We're not going to move to Scotland. Like, I love the sunshine. That just won't work. But, you know, he came over for an interview and then just one thing led to another and we ended up here um, and we were looking at a house in Edinburgh and we didn't like it but the the guy um, really wanted to sell us the house and said oh but jump in my car and I'll take you five minutes down the road and show you show you where this house is and brought us to the beach Portobello and as soon as we saw it <clears throat> that was it we were we were if we were moving to Edinburgh we were moving to Portobello wow. we just knew it was a place for us yeah and it's, it is beautiful, it, you know, it's, um, it's got that element of Edinburgh, which uh, in some intense purposes is, is quite, it's like a kind of little London in some ways, a lot of business, a lot of finance, a lot of academia, and then Portobello has emerged as a more, almost like a kind of creative breath out for, for yeah. this, uh, other parts of the city that are quite <laughs> staunch and professional in certain ways, but Porty seems to be developing something which welcomes the creatives says let's let's work hard but let's let's be on the beach it's people like sydney uh, yeah for me in some ways it says let's go to the beach and enjoy what we're creating Uh, yeah i think there's something about living by the beach that people kind of relax a little bit when they're here and it's definitely a very creative community there's there's lots of like people doing startups shared working spaces um, loads of lovely coffee shops mm. and I think you know having the prom which runs along the beach is such a heart to the whole um, area that it, it, that not many people have that you can't walk down that prom and not see mm. people you know people kids the kids know and yeah. it just gives it a real heart yeah. um, and and the creative side of it I think is what really keeps us here we just love the creative element yeah. of everyone yeah. everyone having these ideas but then actually bringing them into fruition making them happen yeah 
and and <laughs> how did you get into creating yourself? So you do stunning paintings. I remember the first one that I saw you do it popped up on Instagram or something, and it it kind of like it grabbed me. You know, it was like wow, that's amazing. And and maybe because know knew you a bit it was like oh that's what Katie creates when yeah. you know the paint comes out and that looks really congregant with how you are and who you are. Like, so how, how did you get into creating and painting and um, that part of you? Yeah, well, I think I've just never... I, I've always been creative. Um, at school, that was just what where I put my energies, basically. I, I, was, I didn't hate the academic side of it, but certainly, like, art class was the one that I wanted to be in the most and the one that I did the best at. Yeah. Um, and then I would specialising it at A-level, like took it at A-level, and then went on to do uh, textile design at Central St. Martins in London. We got, Paul and I got married and then moved to London and uh, did three years there. And then sort of let it, uh, I didn't love my university experience. It was, um, it was just a lot, it was hard work, really, really hard work and very competitive. <laughs> And I think after that, I just kind of didn't want to go in any galleries and I didn't want to, mm. I didn't, I, I needed time away from it for a bit. Um, and then we just like started having babies <laughs> and life just um, took on a different direction, I guess. I, I just wasn't creative. Only in my home, I, I still loved being creative within my home. I, I loved making that nice mm. and using colour and things like that. Yeah. Um but then when we moved to New Zealand, um, we didn't have any, you know, we shipped the bare essentials over. So we, we really were starting from scratch and um, we had nothing on our walls. And so I remember saying to a friend over there, I need some artwork that isn't like the Ikea equivalent over mm -hmm. there. Like some, mm -hmm. I need something but that, that's affordable but isn't mass produced. And she said, well, just paint something yourself. Can you not, can you, are you artistic? And I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, I totally could. Um, and so it was then um, that I, I just started experimenting. I just started yeah. putting paint on canvases and loved it. And actually the whole, so we used to do on a Saturday, and we used to get cheap canvases and all the whole family would paint. Like we'd have pancakes and then we'd paint. Oh, and um, we'd play a playlist and everyone would just love it. Um, all the kids, Paul, would all paint. And then... And then I could have this piece of art on my wall wow. and it was like, it was kind of, well, it was better than nothing. I wouldn't say it was amazing <laughs> at the time, but it was like me just getting, I was rusty, but I was getting back into it and I was starting to enjoy it. Um, and so that's kind of where it came back up. But I've always had that, that something within me. Yeah. Do you think, um, do you think people are born with, some of that or are there specific things people do to develop um an eye for creativity or art i mean get into why yeah it might be distinctive as well why creativity and art are different but yeah uh well i definitely think some people are born highly creative mm -hmm. some people are born really intelligent and academic and other people just have an incredible eye for color yeah or or a lot of people, the people that I love to be around are people who just have no box. They're yeah. just creative, creatively, they're just like off the scale of 
like the way that they think. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, weird, I often think dyslexics are, are incredible at that. Yeah. They, they, they don't, like I'm thinking of Jamie Oliver, he's a dyslexic and he, mm -hmm. he just doesn't seem to think inside boxes. It's mm -hmm. like the sky's the limit. Yeah. Um, and, and so I definitely think you're, you're sort of born with different gifts and different um, things that you're good at. Um, but I do definitely with art, the more you do it, the better you are. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. So in New Zealand, I, I challenge myself to do a sketch a day. Um, and, and, you know, a couple of weeks in, your sketches are better than your first. Yeah. And so you can definitely develop your creativity and you can get better with your art. But I do think equally we are born with that creative streak. Yeah. But you can nurture it. Yeah, yeah. That's cool, because I, I think sometimes it's dead easy to go one or the other with the creative thing. And a lot of people grow up being told or decide, I'm not creative. Yeah. Um, probably because they haven't practiced art. Yeah. And initially weren't, you know, great at it. But then there's it's, you know, great that creativity of course applies to like mathematics and yeah. running with a ball and colour and style yeah. and um getting anything done. And the the dyslexia piece is really interesting because there's a, a lovely field emerging um like, you know, neurodivergent thinking mm. and complementary cognition, which is um amazing person called Helen Taylor, Dr. Helen Taylor down in um, Cambridge. Mm. And um, you know, she's presenting this as basically essential to survival and that this divergent approach has been in, in nature like forever. So mm. you get like bees, the worker bees, you get the, the bees that scout out mm. and discern where a place is and explore and then report back and then the worker bees go out. So, you know, they'd unpack it as explorative thinking and exploitation, but exploitation in like the most positive sense of the word. Mm -hmm. And so you need that explorer to go and to unpack a boundary and to identify something that no one else is seeing. Mm. It's only after that that the, the worker bees can go in and, and put a structure around it or mm. um, can bring that. And, and I, th I think in context now is bringing a lot of value back to like mm. divergent ways of thinking and brain structures and so dyslexia mm. it, it seems whilst understandably having continuous challenges is becoming a highly um you know capable toolkit to bring into any yeah. context for the essential stuff of development of creativity yeah. of innovation um and they see the world differently, oh, don't yeah, they? Yeah, and I, I read, I don't know if it was MI5 or MI6, oh, yeah. but one of them like, was specifically looking for dyslexics yes. to employ yes. because they see the world differently. Yeah. And I love that. And I love, you know, with my thinking of my children, um, definitely some of them think, I don't know if they're dyslexic, um, but I love the thought that if they are, that that is celebrated mm. and and almost seen as a gift mm. mm -hmm. like oh my gosh we've got a dyslexic that how amazing because mm -hmm. they're going to they're going to challenge us to view the world differently yeah. and that's how i would love the education system to to view dyslexics yeah and therefore how the children view themselves yeah. within yeah. it that we they've been given a gift absolutely i think it's going to end up costing the systems quite badly if we don't yeah do that because it's becoming 
essential and, and hopefully more understood within people. And then we want that to get back to the system, don't we? That yeah. these are, are incredible gifts. And um, so, so then with, with the painting part for you, um, what, what does it mean to you to be creative and to, to see that? You, you, you talk about you know, juggling a lot of life, yeah. um, four kids and, and Paul. Yeah, <laughs> he's a lot of work. <laughs> how how do you do the juggle and um, you know get get your creativity and your art that craft um, going? How do you make it all work? Yeah, well, it's a lot easier now because Bay, my youngest daughter, her started school uh, in the middle of August, mm. and so now I do school hours, um, and it works really well. But when I so when I first, pro so I did my New Zealand painting and then we moved to Edinburgh and I didn't really do anything for a while again. And then it was during lockdown that, um, again, I needed some of my own artwork. Yeah. I needed some artwork on my own wall and I had this idea. Um, I, wanted some, I wanted to paint a really bright canvas and then completely cover it in one colour but with just some specks left of the canvas, basically. Yeah. So I had this idea and I couldn't, I couldn't shake it. I was like, that'd be really cool. I really want to produce that. So I did it and I loved it. And I remember Whoa. texting my brother and saying, oh my gosh, Dave, I've done this piece of art and I really like it. Like it was a shock to me. Hmm. Um, and then I just carried on and I loved working big. That was like... That was a big difference to what I was doing in New Zealand in a little sketchbook and yeah. drawing little um, sketches of day-to-day -day life plants and people and things like that. But here, the big thing was that I wanted to do, because we, we live in a house with such high ceilings mm -hmm. and things, um, it's an old house in Edinburgh, um, I needed big artwork. And so, um, so I started during lockdown and I was homeschooling my three boys, but I also had... A preschooler yeah so come nine o'clock when Paul had to start work um I had to be homeschooling and if I wasn't homeschooling I was managing fights and mess and <laughs> things like that um and so basically what I started to do was I just started to get up really early so I'd get up early I would paint all the way up until when I really had to stop get my brushes cleaned and then I would take the kids from nine o'clock and let Paul work yeah. um so that was a definite juggle but from the moment I started doing it um I couldn't stop it was like it was like to stop just would feel that I was going the opposite direction of where I wanted to it wasn't a chore it wasn't like when you get yeah. up to run at 6am yeah. <laughs> and you just think oh could I do it later it was like a the alarm goes up off and I'm up and I'm painting because I wanted to produce stuff and I wanted to see what I could do. And yeah. it was like in amongst like lockdown where I, there was lots of elements to it that I quite enjoyed. Um, you know, the having the kids around, having Paul around, not having things to have to be at, living really locally. Yeah. I loved all that. But the one side of it that I really struggled with was the feeling that I wasn't contributing to the world in any way. It's like my children, I was parenting them and we were parenting them and, and that mattered. Mm -hmm. But outside of that, 
it was like this realization over the course of those months that, you know, bearing in mind I had a four-year-old, so I'd been, you know, in those early years, that's your job basically, uh, if 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 it can be. Um, it it was a realization that I wanted to do something that mattered to both me and others mm -hmm. outside of this house and mm -hmm. this family. I wanted to. I wanted to give of myself. I wanted to take risks. Like, I think when life's condensed down to just surviving, really, yeah. suddenly you think, no, hang on, I've got stuff within me that I want to achieve, mm -hmm. and I want to like, I want it to come out from inside of me and be out in the world, and that's scary and risky, but like to hide it oh. within me or to let let it lay dormant within me is at this point now worse than wow. the risk yeah. of bringing it out into the right. world. Right. Um, and so I think for all those reasons, I did the juggling and the early hours and, and sometimes the late nights I'd bookend it mm -hmm. um, because I wanted life to be worth it wow. because in this lockdown time, it highlighted that just ticking along and and not using my giftings was was uncomfortable mm. by this point. Mm -hmm. That that's that's such an interesting feeling because the kind of crisis of what am I contributing to the world and the alarmingness of that during lockdown was like I, I had that at points just like what is this? But it's maybe less regular for that to convert into early mornings, late nights, going after a thing, getting stuff done. Mm -hmm. um, it normally just kind of ends up for me in an Instagram scroll and a muddle in the head. Yeah. <laughs> but, so, so how did you turn that into the, I'm getting up and I'm, I'm putting ink on canvas? And um, what, what was that? Like, did you have a thing in your head that said, it's just time to get up? Did you just do it instinctually? Um, I think, I, think I, I was just like... A dog with a bone almost mm. I, I knew that I wanted to start painting again and at that point it was still just um as to use my giftings that I, to use my creativity it wasn't it wasn't necessarily to start selling my work mm -hmm. it was it was that okay these hours of nine to five I adore my children don't get me wrong but after a couple of weeks I started to feel like there must be more, more to me. Mm -hmm. Like, I love being a mom, I really do. But there's more than that inside of me. And I think it was almost like a, I've got to push myself and do something more than just this because this is life. I don't have a second chance. Mm. And, and the people who inspire me are the people who are going after something. Mm -hmm. And they're using their giftings unapologetically. And I think I have always been quite an apologetic, like I never want to look like I'm like showing off or like boasting or mm. egocentric or anything like that. Right. And so I'll always underplay or I'll always say something and then say, but, but, da, 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 you know, right. discount it. Um, and, and I realized that the people who I love being around and who inspire me, are actually the opposite of that. Mm. They're the people who are heading somewhere. They've got a direction and they're going for it. And and I wanted to be that yeah. 
Yeah. I wanted to go at something unapologetically yeah. and just and get it done. Wow. How was it like bringing that part of yourself out a bit more and then start making that a bit more public? What was it like just being with those feelings and, and welcoming that part of yourself? Yeah. The, art, the artistic bit's amazing, yeah. you know, because I'm choosing... You know, it's a, it, in a way, at the time, it felt a bit like a favour because it was like, okay, I'm not going to do breakfast and get them, the kids ready. I'm going to start at nine o'clock. Mm. Um, and always I'd, I'd been a stay-at-home mom up until then, and that was just all... I would never stay in bed or whatever. You know, mm. I'd get up and I'd feed them with Paul. We'd do it together. Um, so at first that bit felt like a massive treat because <laughs> I'm up there, I've got my headphones in, I'm painting, I'm being creative, massive treat. The bit that, the bit that was massive was going public right. with it. Yeah. And so I, I, I started off putting it on Instagram. I genuinely don't know why. I don't know why I started doing that. I think I knew that I want, well, it was because I wanted to no longer hide yeah, what was yeah. in me anymore, I guess. So yeah. I knew that at some point it had to come out of my home into the world. And this day and age, Instagram is, you know, the way to do that. But I started it off on an Instagram page with no followers mm -hmm. and I didn't tell any friends that I was starting this off. Mm -hmm. So I very much did not want anyone I knew to see it. <laughs> I dreaded the yeah. thought of someone I knew finding it. And Instagram's really clever, so local people started following me, right. local artists. So it obviously mm. somehow knew that I, well, it knew where I lived yeah. and it knew that I was showing art. Knew your middle name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it knows all that. Um, so it, it started, so slowly just local artists started following me, which felt all right, because I'm yeah. like, okay, they don't yeah, yeah. personally know me and I could have painted, you know, they don't know that this is a big deal for me kind of thing. Um, and it, but it wasn't till I chose to bring my friends and family and followers mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. my personal page into it that it actually really went anywhere. Right. Like yeah. that that moment, which I oh my gosh, I put off for so long, but I knew I had to do it. I knew for this to sort of matter, mm. it had to it had to involve my people, mm -hmm. you know, my people had to know about it for oh. it to feel like real, I guess, right, almost. Right, right. I, I know of folks who, they, they, they have a creation piece and sometimes um, one person articulated it as, I feel like I have a kid that I don't talk about at the office that no one really knows about. Yeah. Um, because initially the idea of the people in the close circle knowing is quite daunting or their feedback on it would come with too much weight. Mm. Um, and so actually there's a lovely bit of saying well it doesn't need to be for anyone you know like especially art it can be for anyone mm. and, and, and then but the, lovely that there's a point where if you to make it real it was to be introduced to folks but yeah. so was that you know what was like the vulnerability there or yeah. what were, were you hoping for something from folks or um, I think I think I started to feel like I want this to go somewhere mm -hmm. and I want this to become hopefully my way of making money. Mm -hmm. um, and to do that, I think that you need to, 
you need to take vulnerable steps and and you need to open your doors up mm-hmm. um, because you know for people to buy your art they have to see it yeah. um, and so so to gather though to, to let those people in lets lots of other people in mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. you know it basically get, helps it to gather momentum um, but I think as well I started because of that whole stuff I was saying about lockdown mm-hmm. I started to relish like okay what am I what is the thing that I would hate to do the most at the moment in terms of my art okay that's what I'm going to do and that's so cool. that was at that point that's what it was I would hate for anyone who knows me and the closer they know me the more I'd hate it right. to see my work wow. so I was like okay weirdly now I know that's what I need to do yeah so you, you the thought process was what what would I hate for the next step to be what am I resisting what am I the most nervous uh-huh. of and which kind of that. made me know that's what I wanted the most because yeah. it mattered the most ah. and and I don't know it's like yeah that's that's what at the moment which I'm still doing now that's what's kind of directing me is wow. okay where's my fear okay that's where I'm going to try and go yeah and put into it yeah and is that um sometimes the counterpoint to creating is resistance mm. and resistance can come up in all kinds of fashions um and this guy Stephen Pressfield writes about it in the book the war the war of art mm. which is we all have these ideas and dreams and bits but there's this big force of resistance that we're constantly pressing against sometimes it comes out as procrastination sometimes it comes out as um as actually nerves and then how, how do you do that jump because that i mean that's the difference between nothing happening and something happening yeah putting energy towards the thing that you're resisting or nervous about how, how do you do that um i think i think you see it and you just go f- you go for it yeah. i think i think once i'd done that first thing that was scaring me putting myself out there to those who knew me um I loved the feeling of having okay. conquered that fear yeah, yeah. and so then that just kind of carried on and and made me uh, and the more I did it the more it it made me feel alive I guess yeah. and like and like I'm I'm being vulnerable I'm being I'm taking risks and and people love that people mm. love Mm-hmm. like to see your vulnerabilities and they love to see to see people taking risks and going for it with stuff and and I, I don't know I think I think it just kind of snowballed with making me feel like this is going somewhere yeah. I think if I'm just up in, up in my studio painting I can get a bit lost within my own thoughts mm-hmm. and actually what I'm finding being more public is doing is it's it's focusing me in and mm-hmm. it's sort of making me feel like, okay, yes, I'm up there painting quite a lot on my own in isolation, but actually um, that connection to people, whether it be virtually or in yeah. an exhibition, um, makes it feel so much more alive yeah, yeah, yeah. and not just in a little room in my house kind right. of thing. And that's, you talked about the, the positive power of social media and journey. And, and that's like, it's pretty rare now. There's yeah. so much about social that is becoming tiresome or is is addictive is, is not contributing the kind of benefits that people dreamed up when they came up with social media ideas years ago 
what what else are you seeing are the positive benefits of how you're contributing um, in the social world? Yeah, social media um, was a really unpleasant world for me when it was just mm. about me and um, and what I was doing in my days mm. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I started my art account, and it's still about me, but it's about what I'm giving, it's about what I'm doing, it's yeah. about where I'm going. It's not just my kids did this today or you know, look at this view, like how lucky am I kind of vibe, which a lot of uh, Instagram is. Um, Especially if you live by the water. Yeah, yeah, totally. The sun's out and you're taking photos, you know, and you're show, showing your incredible place yeah. that you live or yeah. how amazing your kids look on that particular day. Um, but when what I found was a massive shift to um, it being about my work, and that made social media completely different to me. And I have felt nothing but positive things in, in the, through that account. Yeah. Um, because also, I'm scrolling through, and on that account, a lot of what I follow is other artists mm -hmm. that inspire me. Mm -hmm. And who I, who you, you connect with these random people. Yeah. Um, I get in touch with them, or they get in touch with me and say, oh, I like what you did there. How did you do that? And yeah. they share, like... Yeah. It, there's an amazing world underworld yeah. of like social media that's really nice yeah. and really friendly and like I would have not been able to sell work or or start this journey really without social media yeah. and I I just see it as for an artist it's the new gallery yeah, it's like but with zero commission yeah. you know <laughs> and 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 that's amazing and it's empowering and and I think people feel less sort of intimidated by it or they don't compare as much to it because it's about your work and yeah. your gifts rather yeah. than you boasting yeah yeah and it has it kind of interrupts the all the other stuff doesn't it it's quite nice when you just scroll 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 and then suddenly there's a piece of creativity out there with yeah. someone who's been bold enough to put that to you that you know a little bit yeah yeah, yeah. and i think when the person is quite honest like I try to be really honest that um that certain things are hard yeah. to show or yeah. um that my recent post just saying that I actually hate having my photo taken right. I hate I hate um like speaking speaking on this was enough <laughs> of a big deal for me like I I'm not someone who likes to move in front of the camera at all but I get bored with an artist's account if it's just their paintings mm. um, I want to know about them I want to know where their studio is mm. I want to know what their day looks like what do they look like yeah, what's yeah. their family set up and so I really try and do that with my Instagram account yeah. because it brings it to life it yeah. isn't just a piece of art it's a piece of art by Katie Sorey who is this person and lives yeah. here and this is how her life looks and so yeah, I, I try and make my account as much about my work, but including me yeah. within it as a person as I can. Yeah, yeah. And that that space is so inspiring, isn't it? I think that is where we're looking for folks who are living out a bit of a bit of vulnerability, a bit of risk, yeah. like, you know, since skin in the game. Yeah. That when somebody puts skin in the game, um, suddenly it just changes how we totally. perceive their work or perceive... Um, life and you root for someone 
yeah. who has that. I think it's impossible not to root for someone that you can see they are they're going for a thing, they're getting after it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that does change the kind of energy and, and change totally. it. And, and and you're saying how how is putting that skin in the game um change things locally and changed yeah. that's how you, you you feel and where you are day to day yeah it comp- totally has changed everything about how i feel here where i live in my local area um because i'm giving to the world if you know what i mean mm-hmm. i have something that i'm giving i'm i'm showing my giftings and people seeing that I've had an exhibition locally which has been the most incredible experience because you know well to get chosen to show in this local cafe felt just incredible like it was such a boost to my confidence I was so excited um, about getting my work in there then I had to decide do I put prices on the work because everyone I know goes to that coffee shop and sees the prices, and that is so vulnerable. It's like someone, it's like you pasting mm. your your wage on Value, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, in your local cafe, <laughs> this is what Mark Cameron earns. Like, oh, yeah. um, it's a, that was a massive thing, but I decided, no, do you know what, I'm gonna do it. Cause that's the kind of, like, if I saw art in a cafe that was unpriced, my natural instinct was to, would to be to think I can't afford that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew I wanted the prices on it, so I just had to do it. Um, and so I made the, those, that, that felt huge. Yeah. Showing my work and showing my, the prices on there. Um, but it was incredible when people started getting in touch with me saying, yeah. I, really, I really loved your work. And one lady even said to me that it made her really emotional when she was in the cafe and she had to hold it together mm. because my work was put in, um, sort of an image to an emotion she'd been feeling yeah. which was a massive revelation to me right. it was like a oh my gosh I know that feeling mm. when someone puts to word words to an emotion I'm feeling yeah. I really struggle with putting words to how I feel when someone does it it's like the biggest gift that makes mm. me really emotional mm-hmm. and I've just done that for someone through a painting Yeah, what an incredible feeling um, and then I, I just have found that people kind of relate to me like, I, I, but because I've been vulnerable, they relate, I, I have a better relation yeah, going yeah. on with people. And as you say, I've got my skin in the game, so I've got something to lose. And yeah. I'm not just kind of plodding along under the radar, saying hi here and mm-hmm. there. I'm actually like opening up. Mm-hmm. And when you open up, where, what I found is opening up with my artwork has opened me up to people in general. Right. People feel welcome to come and and chat and connect. And, yeah. and that has been one of the biggest gifts of the whole journey. Wow. I, I've uh, really heard that angle coming from an artist before about the, uh, the impact it has on them in relationships. Yeah. It, it makes a lot of sense. There's this um, notion in leadership that whoever can put words to people's experience basically becomes the leader um, wow attribute that and I, I need to attribute who that's from our, our friend Jim McNeish uh, passed it on from, from who he'd heard it from mm-hmm. but it was um, 
you know, this idea that whoever can frame people's experience naturally uh, becomes that. And it was often about words. Mm. Um, it's fascinating what you're articulating there, that when somebody can put imagery to someone's unspoken emotion yeah. and, and tap that, like, you know, you've, you've drilled into something that's beneath layers and layers yeah. and it pops up for them, especially in a coffee shop, yeah. you know, yeah. then what, what you become to them in that space is then quite profound. Totally. Um, and it'd be interesting how people interact around you after having an experience of your art is a fascinating thing. It happens in yeah. music a lot. You know, we obviously celebrate these musicians and all they did was bang a bunch of notes out on a guitar, mm. but created emotion and saw yeah. a relationship to them um, you almost feel the gratitude yeah, don't you yeah, you know yeah. when you hear a piece of music that brings up an emotion that has been too deep for you to, mm. to mm-hmm. let out you yeah. feel such gratitude to the person yeah. who's written that piece of music post lockdown that um, the ability to encounter people's experience through art and to tap into that I think that's going to become even more valuable for for us because we, we're living life at such pace now we've been through something a bit unusual in the last 18 months that, and there's not really like words for it a lot of the words that got used to describe that were really sick of them unprecedented pivoting mm. adapting um you know same boats uh, mm. diff- same storm different boats mm. a lot of the words are like oh stop it they're just sound bites now mm. but when you start to see art that somehow encapsulates something of what we felt mm. um, I think we're going to need that more mm. and more to yeah. process and learn and, and keep going which is really inspiring as an artist because it, it, it gives you it gives you more energy mm-hmm. and desire to keep going yeah because it's connecting with people. It's it's. De- I love creating art that's just beautiful. Because yeah. I love, yeah. I love color. I love beautiful things in the yeah. home. But to create art that sparks um, an emotional connection, mm. that's like next level. Mm. That's like proper compliment to hear that you know, yeah. <laughs> and makes you inspired to, to carry on. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the things that's particularly interesting for me is. Um, art especially like physical physical art that isn't um, your music which has been my area I often think it, it just must appear out of mm. flashes of inspiration or, or just, just hard work but I'm really interested some of your like really practical like day to day things that you do um, to do like so, so you know how do you how do you um, organise your time and energy Mm. in a day what conversations do you have to to how do you set your space out how do you make this thing work yeah well I'm I'm very I feel very lucky in that I've got a space that's designated mm-hmm. it's my studio it's it's a it's a cupboard I don't really know what it is but it's got a window in it and um and so it works as a studio really well yeah. and so that's great so all my all my materials are set up I can leave it set up there and yeah. so the the day starts nice and easily um, what I what I'm learning is I, I started to feel like I was chasing my tail a bit mm-hmm. so people would want work and I'd never I'd not quite be finished and then I'd finish and it'd sell which is incredible 
that they're selling so quickly but it meant I'd never had a body of work to mm. for people to come to me and yeah. be able to buy it and so rather than that feeling of chasing your tail what I've now started doing is I'm painting collections and so uh, the one that I've just done for the Skylight Cafe in Portobello is a collection all inspired by the ha that mm. comes in that I've never until I moved here never even heard that word before um, but it's a mist that can can be here for days yeah, it gets it, in your bones yeah it, it, it does like it, in England what I'm used to is it kind of starts in the morning then goes right but this can be you can't see like very far in front of you for like three days yeah. and I love it oh cool it is the most peaceful like calming oh. weather I yeah, just adore yeah. it and especially living by the sea where you just can't even see the sea yeah. like it's just this wall of white it's just beautiful yeah. um it's also described as cla claustrophobic I don't yeah. feel that but yeah, others, yeah. others can feel quite claustrophobic by it um and so this in, this collection has all been inspired by that and so then I can release that collection mm -hmm. and it has like a it, it's all con continuity yeah, yeah. um about it um and so that's my new sort of way of working out my time. So I'm working on a collection for, say, three months, as well as a, a potentially one. I'm trying to work out my commissions because mm -hmm. um, they're people often come to me wanting a commission and my list's getting longer yeah, and longer. Yeah. And I, I need a good system to sort of for them to know when they're going to receive that yeah. and stuff like that. So the way at the moment I'm doing it is I'm working on a collection and a commission um, and so then I can release my collection and any subscribe, anyone who's signed up to my mailing list will get like 24 hour um, note, like they'll yeah. be able to buy it 24 hours earlier than anyone else. Wow. Um, and so I think that's kind of just the practical yeah. way at the moment that yeah. I'm deciding to do it. And then I'm hopefully going to feel less of a chasing my tail kind of like paint sell, paint sell yeah. kind of vibe. Yeah. Like yeah. it was, it wasn't great. This way, I've got three months to just be creative and yeah. get into it, gather momentum on the collection and being um, open for sale and then start again yeah. and kind of find that rhythm within it all. That's class. The collection and commission piece is a really interesting way of creating because I think often people move to the commission, commission, commission yeah. and end up, um, you know, resentful of the thing and then your, your creative part starts warring at your business yeah. your business part and you start clashing yeah and actually to to hold them both together that's part that's such a sharp way to do it i love that yeah um and then and, and day to day as well you say exercise that was part of yeah what kind of makes your life work and yeah how, how does that affect you and how do you yeah do exercise is really important to me um i i think as well because you're you're basically stood still all day long hmm. and and indoors um and so i start the day i just love to run yeah. so i run a lot and i think running um running really helps me mentally it's where i process things it's it's like my church really it's mm. it's when i um think through bigger thoughts and and pray and mm. um yeah when i think about myself and where mm -hmm. i'm at and just find a calmness um 
and also I think to be outdoors and to to be using your body just all for all those reasons yeah. for my mental health I really need that mm -hmm. so if I have a day in the studio where I haven't exercised I really feel it right. mentally yeah. I get I get a bit lost and sort of lose my direction mm -hmm. whereas when I start the day I get outdoors I get a run I clear my head the day is much smoother yeah it's it's cracking like you're you're painting a picture of um, life as an artist that um just incorporates a lot of healthy rhythms and yeah. conscious decisions about time about energy about physicality yeah to to then create you know there's almost an athletic perspective to totally. that totally which is what you know why would you get a pb in in a race yeah without all the other pieces working there. Why yeah. would you know, why would family life work if all those pieces aren't clicking? Yeah. It's, it's cool hearing art kind of, and uh, I don't know, maybe I sometimes perceive it as quite a destructive pursuit that mm. you just get chase after the news, chase after the thing, and then mm. lifestyle and habits can just go out the window around yeah. it. It's quite, quite interesting to hear the structuring that you create to make it work and make yeah. it um, contribute into the whole of life, not not just the art piece. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Where where can people connect with the stuff then? How how can we get into this? Well, I my main my main platform is Instagram. Um, it does feed onto Facebook. So if you're on Facebook, yeah, yeah. um, so it's Katie Sorry Art, um, and then I have a website, mm -hmm. uh, which is katiesorryart.com, or people can feel free to email me katiesorryart at gmail.com. Great. Oh, love it. And um, what what are we going to see in the next slow while? You're going to see, um, well, I've pretty much finished a commission, which is huge. It's mm. 1.8, sorry, yeah, 1.8 metres by 60 centimetres. So it's really long. 1.8 million. I got excited. <laughs> <there>. <laughs> if only. Um, even 1.8 thousand would be nice. Um, no, so it's a big, long Amazing. piece going in a, a kitchen up north in the highlands overlooking the Isle of Egg. Oh. Literally outside the window is like egg oh. and those islands. So that's beautiful. Oh. I, I've really enjoyed painting that piece. Um, and then also I'm working on my new collection, which I'm hoping will be out in November, late, late, late November, early December. Wow. Oh. Well, I, I feel really inspired. Thanks. It's, oh. really, it's really cool. Again, I, I run a a bit of a bump between me about art and creativity but I've maybe sometimes resented being called a creative mm. um probably because I've associated that with the more floppier moments in mm. life yeah um and there's another part of me that, that is fascinated by you know discipline exercise yeah focus hustle getting a thing done mm. it's so cool the, the way you've actually articulated how these pieces work together in partnership um and and how you you bring that in with a really full life and um, some amazing stuff. I'm I'm really inspired. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. It's, it's been great. Thank well. you very much. Well, that is the stuff. That was Katie Sorry again. Check out the stuff katiesorryart.com and on Instagram at katiesorryart, where you can now buy her paintings on Instagram. So let us know what you think. Drop me an email on mark at markcameron.co. Like, subscribe, share the episodes. But more importantly, just go and check out what Katie's up to because that art is amazing. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm looking forward to the next episode. I'll see you soon.